book six chapter three of the heavenly twins this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the heavenly twins by sarah g chapter three the next time i saw evadne it was at her own house also and it was only a few days after my first visit i was driving past but encountered colonel cahoon at the gate and pulled up for politeness's sake as i had not seen him when i called he was returning from barracks in a jovial mood and made such a point of my going in that i felt obliged to we found evadne alone in the drawing-room and i noticed to my surprise that she was extremely nervous her manner was self-possessed but her hands betrayed her she fidgeted with her rings or her buttons or her fingers incessantly and certainly was relieved when i rose to go the little she said however impressed me and i would gladly have stayed to hear more had she wished it i fancied however that she did not wish it and i accordingly took my leave as soon as i decently could as i drove home i found myself revising my revised opinion of her i felt sure now that she was something more than an ordinary society woman still like everybody else at that time i could not have said whether i liked or disliked her but i wanted to see her again before i had an opportunity of doing so however i received a request with regard to her which developed my latent curiosity into honest interest and added a certain sense of duty to my half-formed wish to know more of her the request arrived in the shape of a letter from lady adeline hamilton wells an intimate friend of mine and one who has always had my most sincere respect and affection she is a woman who lives altogether for others devoting the greater part of her ample means and all the influence of an excellent position to their service and she is a woman who stands alone on the strength of her own individuality for mr hamilton wells does not count her great charm is her perfect sincerity she is essentially true when i saw her note on the breakfast-table next day i knew that somehow it would prove to be of more importance than the whole of my other letters put together and i therefore hastened to open it first villa mignon fifteenth march eighteen eighty colonel cahoon late of the cahoon highlanders has been appointed to command the depot at morning quest i hear kindly make his wife's acquaintance at your earliest convenience to oblige me she is one of the frailings of frailingay her mother is a sister of mrs orton beggs and a very old friend of mine i used to see a good deal of mrs cahoon up to the time that she met her husband and she was then a charming girl quiet but clever i lost sight of her after her marriage however for about two years and only met her again last january in paris when i found her changed beyond all knowing of her and i can't think why she is not on good terms with her own people for some mysterious reason but apart from that she seems to have everything in the world she can want and makes quite a boast of her husband's kindness and consideration i noticed that she did not get on well with men as a rule and she may repel you at first but persevere for she can be fascinating and to both sexes too which is rare but i am told that people who begin by disliking often end by adoring her people with anything in them i mean for as i have learned to observe under your able tuition the blockhead majority does do despitefully by what it cannot comprehend and that is why i am writing to you 
i am afraid evadne will come into collision with some of the prejudices of our enlightened neighbourhood she is not perfect and nothing but perfection is good enough for certain angelic women of our acquaintance they will call her very character in question at the trial tribunals of their tea-tables if she be as i think of the kind who cause comment and they will throw stones at her and make her suffer even if they do her no permanent injury for i fear that she is nervously sensitive both to praise and blame a woman to be hurt inevitably in this battle of life and a complex character which i own i do not perfectly comprehend myself yet perhaps because parts of it are still nebulous but doubtless your keener insight will detect what is obscure to me and i rely upon you to befriend her until my return to england when i hope to be able to relieve you of all responsibility tell me too how you get on with colonel Cahoon. i should like to know what you think of them both adeline hamilton wells my answer to this letter has lately come into my possession and i give it as being of more value probably than any subsequent record of these early impressions fountain towers nineteenth march eighteen eighty my dear lady adeline i had made mrs Cahoon's acquaintance before i received your letter and have seen her three times altogether and three times has not been enough to enable me to form a decided opinion of her character which seems to be out of the common had you asked me what i thought of her after our first meeting i should have said she is peculiar after the second i am afraid i should have presumed to say not much but now after the third i am prepared to maintain that she is decidedly interesting her manner is just a trifle stiff to begin with but that is so evidently the outcome of shyness that i cannot understand anybody being repelled by it her voice is charming every tone is exquisitely modulated and she expresses herself with ease and with a certain grace of diction peculiarly her own it is a treat to hear her english spoken as she speaks it she uses little or no slang and few abbreviations but she is perfectly fearless in her choice of words and invariably employs the one which expresses her meaning best however strong it may be yet somehow the effect is never coarse yesterday she wanted to know the name of an officer now at the barracks and made her husband understand what she meant in this way he is a little man she said who puts his hands deep down in his pockets hunches up his shoulders and says damn emphatically how can she use such words without offence as a mystery but she certainly does all this however you must have observed for yourself and i know that it is merely skimming about your question not answering it but i humbly confess though it cost me your confidence in my keen insight for ever that i cannot answer it so far mrs Cahoon has appealed to me merely as a text upon which to hang conclusions i do not in the least know what she is but i can see already what she will become if her friends are not careful and that is a phrase-maker colonel Cahoon is likely to be a greater favorite here than his wife ladies say he is very nice so genial and a thorough irishman whatever they mean by that he does affect both brogue and blarney when he thinks proper perhaps however i ought to tell you at once that i do not like him and am not at all inclined to cultivate his acquaintance he strikes me as being a very commonplace kind of military man tittle-tattling idle and unintellectual 
and in the habit of filling up every interval of life with brandy and soda-water the creature is rapidly becoming extinct but specimens still linger in certain districts and i should judge him upon the whole to be the sort of man who pleases by his good manners those whom he does not repel by his pet vices most people that is to say the world is constant and kind to its own they are at as you like it the gloomiest house in the neighbourhood i fancy colonel cahoon took it to suit his own convenience without consulting his wife's tastes or requirements and he will be out too much to suffer himself but i fear she will feel it she is a fragile little creature for whose health and well-being generally i should say that bright rooms and fresh air are essential the air at as you like it is not bad but the rooms are damp that west window in the drawing-room is the one bright spot in the house and the sun only shines on it in the afternoon i am sorry that i cannot answer your letter more satisfactorily but you may rest assured that i shall be glad to do mrs cahoon any service in my power diavolo wrote me the other day and told me that his colonel thinks him too good for the guards and has strongly advised him if he wishes to continue in the service to exchange into some other regiment i have asked him to come and stay with me and hope to discover what he has been up to with your permission i should urge him to apply for the depot at morning quest it would do the duke good to have him about again and angelica would be delighted and besides colonel cahoon would keep his eye on him and put up with more pranks probably than those who know not joseph angelica is very well and happy her devotion to her husband continues to be exemplary and he has been good-natured enough to oblige her by delivering some of her speeches in parliament lately with excellent effect she read the one now in preparation aloud to us the last time i was at ilverthorpe it struck me as being extremely able and eminent for refinement as well as for force mr kilroy himself was delighted with it as indeed he is with all that she does now he only interrupted her once i should say the country is going to the dogs there he suggested then i am afraid your originality would provoke criticism angelica answered when do you return i avoid hamilton house in your absence it looks so dreary all shut up yours always dear lady adeline george baton galbraith end of book six chapter three